0: Looking for a job isn't easy. It used to be that you could apply at a big name tech company and build a great career for yourself. But times have changed. Many of these companies have gone full woke. And if you aren't the right gender, ethnicity, you don't use pronouns, or if you're not an activist for the preferred cause, then good luck. Why would you risk your career on that? At Red Balloon, we're connecting good employees with top quality companies that value you for your skills and your work ethic, not your social activism score. Employers who post jobs on Red Balloon are focused on creating an enjoyable and productive work culture, free from divisive woke mandates. So if you want to find a serious career path without the nonsense, come to Red Balloon and post your resume today. Because you shouldn't have to choose between your job and your values. That's redballoon.work where you can find your future.
1: Oh, that's how we're going to do it. Oh, yeah.
2: Christian nationalism. It's a the theme song for Christian <laughs> <nationalism>. <laughs> this, this Is this the official no, hey, no. this is this. No. It is now. This, <laughs> is, <laughs> this is Baron Psalms Wednesday, uh, but we actually don't have a psalm today. Me and, me and Knox ordered Toby not to do a song today. <laughs> but we That's have it.
1: Pastor Doug in the house. Yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs>
2: <Hey>. <laughs> Welcome to Cost Politics on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox, I'm the Waterboy, and of course, it's great to have Pastor Doug in the studio to be with us to talk about his new book, uh, Mere Christendom. Yeah. Dedicated to me dedicated to <laughs> it was, it said wait, two wait, knocks wait. right the, on the front it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't say chocolate want no
3: no mine it does was, have you seen mine? you did write, have you, you, p- p-
2: you inked that in <laughs> have you seen <laughs>
3: that pass? <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> I just want to say thank you pastor I
0: appreciate that I, got, oh, oh, I take that so mir- good. So proud.
4: that reminds me <laughs> of the time William F. Buckley sent a copy of his new book to Norman Mailer Okay. Okay. And Norman Mailer flipped to the index to see his name to where it was. And Buckley had written the margin Hi, Norman. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you, you made the book. <laughs> he, he just knew.
3: Well, that's that, that might be true.
1: <laughs> Concordus Education Partners is Classical ed- Christian Education. Um, well, that's not how it goes. Well, Classical Christian Education has reminded us to aim education at truth, but the trivium has been used as a formula rather than a way of training students in discernment. To teach well, you must coach. Concordus Foundation is offering their third annual boot camp, a faculty summit, July 11th to the 13th in Moscow, Idaho. Hey, that's here, guys. Oh. This is a three-day intensive teaching training where you learn to coach students using the Trivium so you can meet students at all learning levels. So learn more today at concorduspartners.com. Oh, there's more. <laughs> keep, keep going, like they say on TV. But wait, there's more. <laughs> but, but wait, there's more. Actually, no. What's What's more is um, we're grateful to have Pastor Doug on, and he's got this brand new um, book out, Mir, uh, Yeah. And um, there's a box that we're going to open up in just a minute. But first, Christ, Christ is Lord. Here's yes. the trailer.
0: I hope my son is gay,
1: and I hope that Jesus forgives him just like He does the rest of us. <laughs> Doug Wilson, Moscow minister and columnist with the Idahoan Daily News. The
4: the question that confronts us is what does it mean in a disobedient culture to be prophetic?
2: There'll be a place for same-sex couples?
4: Uh, No, no marriage.
2: Even though it's the law of the land in the United States?
4: Uh, Just like Roe used to be. Bars! We want to turn the world upside down, and you don't turn the world upside down by being nice. I believe that we are in in this polytheistic, pluralistic moment, and the desperate need of the hour is for our Christian leadership to say, Jesus is Lord, and there is no other.
1: Fear no man.
2: Man. I, I, I want man. that guy to say Theonomic <laughs>
1: Yo, Pastor This is Out of all probably the trailers the reason They didn't <laughs> Theonomic Someone suggested that In the studio And they're like Nah hey, know that, If no. the
3: book is dedicated to me You can have that game Is that,
1: is that good? <laughs> That's, That's Fair I, I, I want to know Who that
3: young man is In there Yeah, who is that guy? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. You know what this, this trailer to me I mean This was a very powerful trailer yeah. More, something different than what Cannon put on and it. Every time I watch it, I get goosebumps. And it feels like it's, oh, this is 30... Or more years in the making To put mm-hmm. this trailer together And you can feel it When you watch it yeah. And so I, I remember watching the trailer And I was I had to watch it Three or four times Like wow This is powerful yeah. This is That was a powerful trailer yeah. And so I, You know Pastor um, First thanks for Dedicating the book to me Although it's really <laughs> It's really His grandson Knox <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who's actually Really named Knox But, uh, <laughs> but yeah it's, How long How old were those clips In there Yeah I was
1: gonna ask What the, what was that event You were speaking at Do you remember uh, That was a
4: th- I think that was A Ligonair conference That
2: was R.C. Sproul 2000.
4: Like 20, 20 years ago, more. Yeah. Okay. And then the other clip was from a show that I used to have, I think, at KWSU. Um, I even forget the name of the show, but it was a debate. Uh, point Idaho, co- oh, yeah. Uh, point Counterpoint. Um, okay. Uh, show that I used to be on
3: So wow. so these aren't things that You know, just you just popped up two years ago When everybody thought Christian nationalism Was becoming a popular thing To talk about This is not a new conversation That, that you just jumped into no, I've been going on About this for a long time Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well some people Don't think you have been <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Right yeah. That, that was weird Yeah um, So real quick Some house cleaning items So the, the book When someone orders the book They get this box Well you can I think you can order or you the can, box Or the book Or the Yeah, book. yeah okay.
4: you can you, the The Yeah you can do book or the box, and
2: okay. so the box will come with uh, the actual box will come with a salter, uh, a hard hardback copy. I mean, let me we, hold we got, that. Uh, yeah, it I mean, feels so good. Yeah, I'll just hold on. To it that. feels so different <laughs> than my my <laughs> paperback. It comes, Psalter, it comes with salter. It comes with a plate like Christ is Lord plate. Is that what?
4: Uh, uh, Christ is Lord, and uh, with that I signed. No. And you can put the signature in the book or somewhere else. Okay.
2: Okay. And then um, with a couple months free to Canon Plus subscription right. and then maybe some stickers or something else. Right. Okay. okay. You can put up on polls in your city. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <As the, the laughs> Expand sticker gate throughout the day, throughout
1: yeah. the As, a, as the yeah.
4: Canon Press mailer said, or on the forehead of your
1: mayor. Yeah, can- <laughs> <laughs> and and there's a, there's a cool deal they're doing right now at Canon, too, where isn't it like – Twenty is it? Twenty boxes in the same zip code? Yeah, same zip code or same area. Okay. Um, if there's twenty boxes that are
4: purchased. ordered from that, then Canon will spring for a billboard. In in that area, wow! It says Christ, uh, uh, Christ is Christ, Lord. Christ, Christ is Lord. So there's one going up in Spokane, one going up here in Moscow, yep. and New York. I heard New York, uh, York City. Brazil is getting one. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah.
1: yeah. In, yeah. in uh, Portuguese, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, one assumes. Yes. Yeah, English would flat. Would be helpful for them. Yeah. Uh, so the book is is divided into four basic parts. Sort of where we are, what is mere Christendom what are the maiden lies about like what mere Christendom would be? And then like, how do we get there? How do we actually start restoring it? So maybe just going in that order to start with. So where are we right now? And why is, why is um, mere Christendom a good idea? We are in
4: clown world. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, That's the first thing. Well, we first, we were in clown world. Then we were in creepy clown world. Mm. And now we're in clowns with chainsaws world right Uh, cutting cutting body parts it's just getting worse and worse and worse right and uh, what's the next clown uh, well actually i think pedophilia is going to Uh be the the next one there are signs of that already the normalization of of that yeah the plus Uh, is coming huh the plus is coming Mm -hmm. and it already is with the drag shows and
1: that sort of thing well and washington state just passed some legislation that allows in in principle uh, taking children away from parents Right. Who won't uh, let their who, kids who won't transition. Let them, their kids yeah. transition. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, you know, the next step would be, you know, the 11 year old who really wants to have a lover. Right. And,
2: and, and you, then they'll put that mom in the jail where a man could be in that jail with that mom.
4: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So the, right. W- things are really bad. And I, I mentioned in a sermon a few weeks ago, you, everybody's learned to say, now I've seen, they learn not to say anymore, yeah. now I've seen everything. Right. Because the next thing is just uh, mind boggling. And that's, that's where we are. This is what it looks like when the society is on the other the grade going down, and no brakes. The brakes are out on the on the um, switchback grade, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's where we are. And the 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 main issue we, the world has always had disturbed people, right? The, the, in every era, in every generation, you could always go find people who just didn't have it together and couldn't cope with life and, and stuff. That's not the that's not our disease. People have always had those. Our disease is all the normal people don't have anything to say to the people mm. who are uh, out of it. Right. So, for example, the, and the inmates really are running the asylum. Right. So that's the problem. Right. And the, the,
1: the disturbed people, there's always been disturbed people, but they've always been on the margins of society. And, and the normals... Ran society, correct, to the best of their ability, helping the, the disturbed people out. But now we have it inverted, and the disturbed people are running the show, and the normals are getting run out,
4: correct, and, or, or just cratering. So, yeah. if someone announces, like some Republican candidate recently did, that he was a lesbian of color or something, yeah, yeah. everybody and he did it as yeah. a uh, reductio. Okay. That's in Indiana, it uh-huh. okay. <laughs> uh, as a reductio. But everybody had to take him seriously, <laughs> right? And they had to use all the pro- – so the problem – He used a
2: before-after picture and is the same picture.
4: <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So I think it's just great. Yeah, but so but the, the thing that's horrifying about mm-hmm. it is this – it goes up to the president of the United States, the yeah. highest echelons, the joint chiefs of mm-hmm. staff and the military. Right. Everybody – all these normal people who have driver's licenses and responsible lives and so right. forth – don't know what to do. because and so the thing you see is that regular people have no RK. They have no principle. They have mm. no they have no yeah. center right. And that means they have no answer for, ins- for the insanity. right.
3: So the problem is that our sane people are now insane. Well, and it seems too that. And this is I'm glad you said that, because there's another group of people that agree with you on secularism and like, yeah, you are absolutely right. It's clown town. And then they have a problem when you posture anything outside of that, though. Right. Right. So then they still want to embrace some form. They're comfortable with secularism because they're afraid of anything that might Correct. come in place. Why are they comfortable with secularism? Well, it's the, you prefer the devil, you know, to the devil you don't know right
2: christendom is the devil you don't know
4: christendom is the devil you don't know wow you've you've been told many stories about christendom you've
1: been been catechized on uh the the religious extremism
4: yeah you want to burn witches do you right you know that That sort of thing and and you don't realize how many times you've been told that right um so there was a thousand years of of human history in AD right. of, of Christendom Christendom in its robust forms mm. and we've been told countless lies right. about
2: that time. It was right. an inquisition uh, well, was,
4: and there was an inquisition mm-hmm. but what, what people don't do is they don't put anything about it in perspective yeah, right. and that, that's what, what, what that, I devote to the no third, se- the third yeah. section on the lies about Christendom but that's why people are freaked out about it. Right. They don't know it and they, they know what they're going to do tomorrow morning in the, with the devil they know. Yeah. Mm. and but they don't have any idea of how they would cope
1: with I, Ayatollah weird beards running everything. Yeah. Do we, do we, are we still living in a, a, a classical order? Is there, and to what extent is that gone? Right. But, I mean, I mean, we're still, you know, Gabe's got a lawsuit that he's still working on in the courts and, you know, we still got, you know, we have police officers in our, in our, um, uh, our churches and things like that. So we're still living in a, in a, in a, um, and there's despite all the clowns and the clowns with chainsaws, mm-hmm. there's still this semblance of normalcy and, and, and sort of this classical liberal order, right? Um, can we, is there no way to preserve that? Is there no way to get back to that?
4: Yeah. I think that there are many people in normal America who are just now waking up to how bad it's gotten. And there are a lot of them. Who assumed because of everything looking good, they assumed that everything was just like it was for their grandparents. Right, but it's radically different, and a lot of people are saying, "Oh no, you know, Leonard, get my shotgun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We need to buy some. Well, I (laughs) need to buy a shotgun
2: first. Right.
4: So uh, I I think that we're now coming to the point of collision, Mm -hmm. uh, where uh, sort of a sleepwalking America. Is waking up mm. to how crazy it's gotten, mm-hmm. yeah. and they've they've waited, gave it gave it a moment to go away, and then it didn't go away. Right, and and what it boils down to is if you've got a patient that's running 105 fever, at some point the fever fever either breaks or the patient dies. Right, and mm. and I
1: think that we're at that point uh-huh. now. Right. So, so Darren's well,
3: going to produce another movie, Collision Two. <laughs> um,
1: so, but so that means potentially though, then that means. You know the fever could break, yeah. and we could have some kind of um, <laughs> repentance, right? And and the and the and what's left of the the what's not been burned to the ground right. in our in our nation could be um, um, reinvigorated, yes, and um, reestablished, and that could be part of a mere Christendom project, correct? Or the whole thing tumbles off the cliff and we really you know and maybe you know the United States breaks apart and all kinds of things happen right. and then we're in a post you know sort of roman empire scenario where we really are rebuilding mere christendom kind of from the rubble from,
3: from the rubble yeah, yeah, okay. yeah the Reconstructionists really expect that that one to happen it's kind of been yeah. their position I, my turn my turn. I'm getting I'm junior
2: so it, you know it's um we're now now all this like I think the react—I don't know if you call this necessarily a reaction—but now we're getting into this kind of intramural debate on Christian nationalism. Yeah, you know, Presbyterians, Baptists, Baptist, Baptists, Baptist, whatever, whatever's going on. You're leaning into the terminology, mere Christendom. It's not that like you're necessarily shying away from Christian nationalism.
4: No, Christian nationalism is one piece. Mm-hmm. So zoom in, Christian nationalism. Zoom out, mere Christendom. What do you do when you have three? Christian nationalisms. Three. What do you do when you have three countries that?
2: But we don't even have one.
4: So why? Why? No, well, actually, there's at least one. There's a couple in Africa, at least. Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: True. True. Right. True. Yeah. All right. True. So, so I'm ignorant. Right. Well, okay, no, and, in, and in medieval Europe, you had you know a number of nations that were Christian yeah. nations, and they right. were united by the Christian faith. Right. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So, and, so you
2: want a united Christian? You what? UN. No. UN United Christian Nations globalism. That's what I'm, I'm here
4: to. I'm, I'm here to promote globalism. Uh-huh. So, well, this is the thing: um, when you have more than one, both acknowledging the lordship of Christ, then you have to figure out how Christian nations relate to each other, yeah, uh, as opposed to yeah. Yeah. how you relate to the Saracen. So uh, that's what mere Christendom is. So it's not contradictory to the Christian nationalism project, which is sort of. Let's let's clean up our house here in America. That's mm-hmm. Christian nationalism. But then zoom out. What do we do when Mexico and Canada are in the mix? Yeah. What, what do we call that?
2: Man, you got so much faith. Like you're talking about international galacticism. Yeah, we, we can't, even, we can't <laughs> even get Christian nationalism right. Um, we had David Bonson on uh, two months ago, three months ago. And he really pushed back against the terminology Christian nationalism. He wasn't pushing back against Jesus being Lord over America. He right. hated the terminology nationalism because of its ism, because of its historical meaning and and historical um, problematic realities of what other nationalist countries were doing. Sure. Um, beware of all
4: isms except for
2: prisms. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. Um,
4: yeah. There is a problem with femininity is one thing, feminism and another, you know, isms are generally bad, but people don't say that about patriotism. Right. Uh (laughs) Um, But they say most, it it usually contaminates most of the words. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's cheerfully uh, granted. But if you say something like America's in a bad way, we are slaughtering babies. We're selling the pieces. We're mm. mutilating perfectly healthy kids. We uh, the porn industry is running rampant. We've got all these things. We need to call on the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver us from these social evils. If you want to do that and not be called a Christian nationalist, then good luck to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Because the, oh, you're not you're, you're not in charge of of the terminology. Yeah. So. Puritan was originally a term of abuse, yeah. which the Puritans adopted. Methodist was originally a term Christian of, uh, yeah, a we, term of abuse. Who do we have
1: on the other day? We had this, um, this guy, Jaron Jackson. Jackson. He, yeah. he, on the show. He he actually um, he actually pointed that out. He says uh, my read on the word Christian is that Christian. They were first called Christians in Antioch, and it was probably a term of derision, right? And, yeah. and they were like, well, yeah, I guess we are Christians.
4: Yeah, (laughs) so so when the when Meet the Press did their uh, story (laughs) on us, they came out and they interviews and all kinds of back and forth, and we didn't say a a, we didn't say boo about Christian nationalism, right? But that was the headline of the whole. That was the whole. uh, I saw that.
1: Very interesting. Interesting.
4: But I don't think it was. Uh, a mis a distortion or a misrepresentation, because we're Christians and we're trying to address the nation's ills. Right. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. Um,
4: it's, it's a reasonable title. It's a reasonable title, and I prefer it to white supremacist. I, su- I, <laughs> yeah. I prefer it to the other names that they're going to throw yeah. at us. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, okay, I Racist, can, So but, I would yeah, say yeah. I can work with that one. Right. Uh-huh. But, but
3: if they actually threw white supremacist, well, they're already throwing it inside of Christian nationalism in one sense. But if they actually threw the title at us, we would just reject that title, though. Yeah.
1: We, yeah. We, it, yeah, like we, white, re, white
3: nationalists. Because it's not like something we, we can work with. It's, not, we, it's not
4: serviceable. It, it's inaccurate, and it is um, uh, and it represents something that we find sinful and right, wicked. Right, right. Um, but it's not sinful and wicked to be a Christian. It's not sinful and wicked to belong to a nation. Right. And it's not sinful and wicked to want to disciple the nation because someone told right. us to do that. Right.
1: Yeah. To, to the extent that you can have a nationalism that is governed by Christian virtues— Prince principles, then, right. the, then, well, there's nothing to be against. So this is circling back around
4: to where we are now that you don't get to, choo- you don't get to choose where the armies meet on the battlefield, right? The other general has something to say about that. Yeah. And uh, during the constitutional convention, someone uh, proposed a, a measure that would prohibit the United States from having a standing army of over 10,000 men and george washington was chairing the meeting so he couldn't participate in the debate but he leaned over and whispered to someone that, that bill needed a rider that stipulated that we would never be invaded by a force of over 25,000 men mm. <laughs> right. Mm. Right. Right, right. You, you're not in, you're not in control of that right so the the way the lord has orchestrated um, our affairs is we are coming down to an intersection and this way is demonic nationalism. Mm-hmm. Right. And this way, wow. this way is Christian nationalism. Mm. You don't, there's nowhere to go where there's no nationalism, right? We're a nation. We live right. here. Right. There's 300 million of us. We're, you've, that's sort of a factor that has to be, we're going to be making decisions, electing senators and representatives and electing a president. We're going to be a nation. Shaping so, identity. Are we going yep. to be serving God or the mm-hmm. devil?
1: Yeah. What, what are some of the key, um, if somebody says, give me the, you know, what are the top three things, what is mere Christendom? Uh, what, what are your, what are the, what are the key ingredients to mere Christendom?
4: Uh, recognition that secularism is bankrupt, okay. that, the, that the secular classical liberal experiment has failed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. So um, I, I believe, I believe in the, in the classical liberal um framework but it's got to be christian right. mm-hmm. the 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 enlightenment form of it the secular form of it doesn't work it doesn't work yeah. it's failed they can't hold the the the, the mm-hmm. as the poet says the center does not hold mm-hmm. it, everything's coming apart mm-hmm. in our hands okay so i think the first step is like aa recognize you have a problem <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the problem right. is that the the liberal order the classical liberal order that was full of its own conceits in post-world war ii era era mm-hmm. um it is bankrupt it's, mm-hmm. it can't it, it can't uh, deal does, with it. does this
1: go back to John Locke? I mean, did, did Locke himself – I mean, I, I'm not an expert by any stretch, but it seems like he was assuming a lot of Christian yeah. Christianity but was also trying to divorce it from um, the bedrock scripture and yeah, Christian yeah, worldview. He secularized, he secularized Christian principles right. in an
4: era when – and he smuggled those Christian principles right. in through the back door right. without right. labeling them. Uh, but he did it in an era when a number of other people who were thoroughly Christian right. were able to support the project. Right. Yep. But if you put John Locke into a a, <laughs> a rank pagan environment, right, the whole thing is going to come to it pieces. Never, and, never works. He's ten, blowing something up. Ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now the the other thing, I just finished reading a book very uh, by a guy named Drysbach called "Reading the Bible with the Founding Fathers." Okay. Uh, and it was uh, it, it was a marvelous book. Okay. And in that book. Uh, there's one guy who did a study going through all the founding fathers' letters and correspond, you know, uh, books that they wrote and stuff. To who? What did they cite? Mm-hmm. Right? And they cited Deuteronomy way more than John Locke. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so the Bible was overwhelmingly right in their political writing right right this was right. not in their devotional yeah. uh, writing this yeah. was in their political writing right uh, they they cited the Bible the Bible more than um, the Blackstone more than Montesquieu more than mm. John Locke yeah um, the founding fathers were thoroughly Christian yeah okay and they lived in a Christian yeah. uh, a, a Christianized environment and so you could say something like let's not have a church in the United States which we did in the in the First Amendment, right, and that meant we are not going to have wars between the denominations, right? Mm-hmm. right. But they're assuming Christian denominations,
1: right? So, so first thing, um, reject secular, secular state, secular liberal order. It's right. bankrupt. We've got to reject it. What's what's the, another? Uh, the, core? Sec- the second thing is, I would like uh, I, I'm urging
4: civil societies to recognize that they are a nation in a world in which Jesus came back from the dead. Okay. So acknowledge uh, the resurrection. John 14, 6.
2: Right.
4: Yeah. So acknowledge that Jesus rose from the dead and that has implications. Right. And that means he's Lord. Yeah, that means he's Lord. Right. So anybody who came back from the dead in this world is in charge of this world. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: right.
4: If you do that, yeah. we, let it, we let you let know. You win. Yeah. Right. So this, so what I, and the, this, this ties in with the third thing, okay. which is to assert number two is not to argue for church establishment right okay where uh, a particular denomination or a particular church receives tax money right. and is the official right. um, uh, church of the united states right uh, or the f- official church of your particular state so many people think oh if you want mere christendom you want uh this um entity this nation to be baptist or presbyterian or right. or anglican or episcopal you know whatever right. and and i don't think that that's necessary you can have an interdenominational christian college hmm. right, right. Mm-hmm. He, um it's a christian college there's a statement of faith jesus rose from the dead right. and you can come here and be a baptist or a presbyterian or whatever right. and the the american version of the westminster confession of faith which was uh, they they modified the original British Westminster Confession. Hmm. And one of the amendments that they changed was the church's relationship to the civil magistrate. Hmm. And the first General Assembly of the Presbyterians in America was held in Philadelphia in 1789, the same year, same city yeah. as the Constitutional hmm. um, Convention. Interesting. They were all breathing the same air, right? Yeah. R- right? And in that in their the american modification this is the uh, proposal i would urge is that the the magistrate is not to interfere in any way with matters of faith and practice but is to be a nursing father using isaiah's language a mm. nursing father to the churches of our common lord
2: mm. Mm. oh
4: okay. okay so what the what the presbyterians wanted was a magistrate that was friendly to christians period Period. All all Christian denominations. Now, I acknowledge that this is going to uh, present us with some problems down the road. What about the Mormons? What about the Jehovah? You know, at some point, you are going to have to make just in and out decisions, and the magistrate is going to have to do that. But the American Westminster had the American Westminster is a mere Christendom. Document, yeah. Or if you say, "Well, uh, it's no," it's just talking about America. I say, "Okay, Christian nationalist." Document, right? <laughs> and, that, and that and that means if Tim Keller has not taken an exception to the Westminster Confession at that point, he's a Christian nationalist. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Oh, you, he heard, know, it, you heard, he heard it
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> what
4: about our Scott Clark too? I guess he. So, uh, well, he might. He might subscribe to one of those Dutch things.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, so one of the things that was really hard for people to think about is liberties, particularly first, second, first, first, but any liberties for the most part under the Lordship of Christ. Right? right. So when people think about um, liberties, they think about what gives me pleasure to do that I should be able to do. That's how people frame right. liberties right now. So then how is Christ the foundation of all civil liberties? Right? Cause, cause we think of like, Oh no, if Christ is the Lord, and over the nation, all of my liberties are gone. What about the First Amendment?
4: Yeah. So it's a there's a very seductive lie in this because the natural carnal heart wants to define liberty as me getting to do anything I want. Yeah. Okay. No No restrictions. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not hurting anybody. Uh, uh, yeah, well, why can't I hurt somebody? Right. Right. <laughs> right? <A> sissy. Right. <laughs> See, the point is you can't say you can do whatever you want to do, but not that. Right, right. Well, it's a, because then we bring up: by what standard? Yeah. What standard are we applying? So, if someone told me that you can go do absolutely anything you want to do this weekend, you can. You're going to wake up Sunday afternoon, Sunday um, uh, early Monday morning in jail.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? doing right? absolutely whatever you mm-hmm. whatever yeah. whatever you want to do. That's a false definition of liberty, because. Uh, The liberties that the progressive left wants uh, us to engage in, uh, porn, smoking pot, uh, being immoral, you know, that sort of thing, can all be exercised in a six by eight prison cell. (laughs) Right. (laughs) um, But the kind of liberty I want people to have open up a bicycle repair shop, hire six people, raise children, raise children, pay the people whatever you want sell the business, move to another part of the country. Mm-hmm. The, that's the kind of liberty that's, you know, liberty, liberty.
3: Okay. <laughs> that's Christ's Christ Lord liberty. That's so, Christ's yeah. Lord liberty. Yeah. But
4: that, the second kind of liberty is only possible if people are virtuous and orderly. And they can't be that if they're mm. slaves to sin. Okay. So this is why John Adams, our second president, said our Constitution presupposes a moral and a religious people. That's right. It is wholly unfit for any other. And that's exactly right. This constitute our Constitution is a paper document. Period. And that's all it is. If if you've got a nation of pot smoking fornicators, right. It's you're not going to have free people or a free institution. If people are slaves to sin, how can slaves to sin build liberty loving institutions? And how is it that Calvinists of all people, Calvinists of all people built all the free societies? Everybody says, um, yeah. everybody says that Calvinism is the enemy of liberty because we believe that God is so- sovereign. Determinism. And God determines everything. Yeah. But when, when you remove God's sovereign control over all things, what na- the natural heart of man sees is a job opening. It's not, it's, right. it's not whether right. there's going to be predestination. It's right. who is the predestinator, That's right? right? Mm-hmm. So if God is the one who predestines, then it's a loving father who's omnicompetent, omniscient, omnipresent. Right. Uh, he's got it in hand. Mm-hmm. If we deny that he is in that position, then we think, oh, maybe the health and human services could fill that, <laughs> that role. And of course they screw it up. Right. They, they just completely screw it up. So they want to predestine. That their their hatred of predestination is hatred of God's predestination.
3: Right. So then when people start I think most people agree with everything you say until you start rolling it out. Yeah. Right. Right? So then okay. Christ, yes. Christ, Speech, Christ, the laws. No, they're they're all about they're all about deliverance until I bring up the deliverer.
4: They're all about <laughs> salvation until I bring up the savior. Yeah. They're all about not drowning until I bring up the lifeguard.
3: <laughs> they're all about laws until you bring up Christ <laughs> as Lord and King right. of those yeah. laws. Right? You can't
4: have it both ways. If Christ is Lord, then do what he says. If he's not, then you don't have to.
1: But if you don't have to obey Jesus as Lord, then good luck with your demons, you know, because that's what you're dealing with now. It strikes me that this, I mean, this is goes deep into the nature of man, because I mean, this is exactly what they did with Moses in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I mean, God, God sends the deliverer, and they've been crying out for a deliverer, yeah, and they're right. like, "But not like this. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like we you." We want to get raptured out of here, Moses. Raptured, <laughs> Moses. You're using the wrong font. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean like it's, it's, something. there's, there's something, there's, there's yeah. something. It's like, but the, and it's like, you know, we don't like the menu. Like, we yeah. know, we had better, better food in Egypt. Or,
4: I, I should insert here that historically Baptists have a, had a lot of trouble with the font. <laughs> 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 the baptismal font <laughs> Gabe, If you gotta explain The
3: truth <laughs> uh, so then Can I I wanna push in this Because this is where I think This is where we get into The lies about mere Christendom Because everybody's like Well the constitution Isn't gonna survive Underneath the reality That you're talking about right. Because you're gonna wanna Enforce things like The first tablet of the law Right, right? Blasphemy right? laws Yeah you're gonna have Blasphemy laws You know You're gonna shut down Everything on the Sabbath You're gonna start killing people For picking up sticks Pastor right.
4: On the Sabbath <laughs> So Here's the thing. I do want to enforce the first table of the law. All right. So hey Amen. Come on now. Come on, preach, preacher. But the here's the, the this is the crucial thing about it. Um, I think that we should start with the biggest offenders, instead of starting with. I don't think we should start with the village atheist. The non Christians. The, the village atheist on right. the edge of the village raving about. You know, saying insulting things about Jesus. Right, right. I don't think we should start with that guy. We should recognize as Christians that the biggest blasphemer over all of human history has always been the state. Always. Mm. Hmm. Okay. We we forget that Jesus was executed on a blasphemy charge. Yeah. Okay. Now, it seems to me that Christians ought to be a little jumpy about rushing to— um, enforce blasphemy codes, not because it's bad to enforce them. Right, I want to enforce them. I just want to. I just want to enforce it on the real culprit, the real criminals, the real blasphemers. Mm. The, mm-hmm. All through Scripture, who are the real blasphemers? It's Nebuchadnezzar setting up a statue. Right. You have got to bow down to worship. Yeah, uh, wow. it's, it's,
1: Pharaoh, it's Pharaoh saying, "I don't know who the Lord is. These are my people. The, these are my people." It's
4: it's Daniel being told that you can't pray to your God. Yeah, right. You, you uh, th- that's that's blasphemy. Jesus was railroaded in a, in a blasphemy charge, and then when he answered the high priest's questions at question and he tore his robes and said, "You've heard the blasphemy." yeah it seems to, to me that Christians ought to say, okay, let's start with where the real problem is. And if, you, if I just give the state, especially the state, the size it, and uh-huh. the power it has now, yeah. if I say, hey, deal with those blasphemers, there's that village atheist over there, I can guarantee you that what they're going to do is they're going to take that power and they're going to blaspheme with it. With it. Yeah. Mm. So I, So let's stop the state from blaspheming for 500 years.
2: And then we can okay. talk about how that applies and, and, to the and, and citizens. Then, kind of then, then let's talk about the village
4: atheists. So, that, that, so
2: start with the priest and the president, Rick right. Warren and
4: Biden, right? And I, so I don't think, <laughs> so I don't think that basically, if we kept, if we, if the church was jealously guarding the state from blaspheming, uh, blaspheming, right. I believe that we would have very little problem with the renegade blasphemer yeah. in the citizenry, yeah. the, the the center of our iniquity. With blasphemy is always the state. What would that look like? Yes, that's What, what would, I that, what would you? that look like? How, how do how
1: do we let's let's say everybody's like on board. Yes, let's do that. And let and let's say by some miracle you had a massive you know influx of people. They read the book. They said yeah, let's do that. What what would, what would be the steps to to reigning in the blasphemy of the state? So make. Uh, uh, so all the
4: people gathered around, and Herod gave a speech, and the people cried out, uh-huh. the voice of a, of a God, not a man. Yeah. And he doesn't give glory to God. He doesn't quiet them down. Right. Right. That's an impeachable offense. Okay. You, you, impeach right. a, you impeach a king. You impeach a president. Yeah. You impeach someone who does not give glory to God. And now someone's going to say that, um, well, you're just going to make the politicians say things they don't mean. Well, of course, they're a politician. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. I just don't want politicians blaspheming openly mm-hmm. and meaning it. Mm-hmm. When they openly blaspheme and they mean it, the angel still struck Herod with worms mm-hmm. and he still died. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: right. right? Are there, yeah. Can you think of some examples for us in like the not you know last ten, twenty years? I mean, that you're thinking of like where blasphemy has occurred in a, in a public um, leader that you're thinking of. Yeah. Um,
2: Did, ter- didn't Trump basically blaspheme? And didn't he put himself above Jesus at one point? Maybe there or, was com- John, or compare himself to Jesus? John, John
4: Lennon, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm not thinking. Well, I, I think that in terms of verbiage, yeah. uh, our Christian residue is still largely operative, policing things like that. Yeah. I mean,
1: Joe Biden is still saying, God bless America and things right. like that.
4: Yeah, correct. Um, but... I think that the blasphemy, the blasphemy has to do with the state assuming the prerogatives of deity, hmm. okay? Uh, the most recent egregious blasphemy would be the Obergefell decision. Right. We, yeah. we right, are right. going to define marriage. Yeah. So God said, right. there you go. I'm here, here's my image, yep. male and female. This is my image. And then the United States Supreme Court said, well, let's erase that. Let's, right. the, here's the, right. they're going to, uh, they're going to create their own yep. image of their own God. And I would say that's a, that would be a blasphemy. Yeah, so that's a great example. Yeah. Isn't,
3: but this part of the question, I, part, I don't like even some of the way that people are asking the questions. Like you want to enforce the first table of the law. Like it's just like not there to be enforced. Right. <laughs> you don't get the second half apart from the first, right? Just right. so everybody knows that. The other thing is they act as if, the question assumes whether or not we should have even blasphemy laws when we already do. It's an inescapable reality. Right. We already have tre Isn't it treasonous? So That's a bl- form if, of blasphemy. If we don't, have,
1: if we don't have God's first table, you're going to get somebody else, someone else's first table. Yeah, yeah. And, and somebody's
4: first. If I, I can guarantee you that I could go down to Friendship Square in Moscow here mm-hmm. and get arrested within 15 minutes on the basis of what I was saying only. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because. Free Blas- because blasphemy laws are inescapable. Right. It's not whether but which. It's not whether you have blasphemy laws. It's which God must not be blasphemed.
3: Yeah. We can argue over the enforcing of it, but to ask if we should have them is a ridiculous question. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, as far as I'm seeing, it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. You were going to read an ad. Oh, I was.
1: That's yes. right. <laughs> no. Let's stop and take a moment to talk about the Fight, Laugh, Feast Club membership. Uh, I think we're actually going to change the name of this. Yeah, we are. Can, yeah. I, can I tell them? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. We're just, we're just, we're just Let's do, just do it. Name it climate. Name it climate. It, it. Yeah. So from now on, it's not the Fight Laugh Feast club. It's it's the, the cudgel. Join the join <laughs> the, <Cudgel>. it, it's, <laughs> it's the Fight Laugh Feast pub. Woo! That's what it's going to be That was now huge. Yeah, the Fight yeah, Laugh Feast big, big pub. Uh, by joining the Fight Laugh Feast pub, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also get access to content placed in our pub portal. <laughs> so <we're looking> <laughs> such as past shows, all our conference talks, exclusive content for club members that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Lastly, you also get discounts for our conferences. Get $100 off. Yep. Uh, at the, the Ark Encounter. The, uh, the Ark Encounter registration. So if you've got 10 bucks a month to kick over our way, you can sign up now at fightlaughfeast.com.
3: That, that pub is about to get thick. Mm-hmm. We're about to really yep. pump yep. that joker up. There we go. Um, Pastor, so one of the things that I've been developing, I always have had very strong theonomic positions. One of the failures I've had is the road to get there. (laughs) How do we get here, right? How do we get to, which which is really a problem problem for most theonomists? they're not practical in a lot of ways. How do we get from where we currently are, clown town to, um, you know, theonomic law, right? Right. um, Being put in place. But how do we get then to mere Christendom? What is that, what is the pathway to mere Christendom? So this, this goes
4: back to my agreement with David Bonson about the ism, Part mm-hmm. okay, and this is one of the places I, where I both appreciated the Reconstructionists mm-hmm. back in the eighties, but also would so way careful, care, careful, right, right, um, because the the besetting sin of people who like to think about future societies is their I- ideology, their ideologues, right, and right. it's really easy to to create an ideal society in your head, and then say, and then the king only serves three years and then
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no and then, term limits or no, term yeah, limits. And, yeah, and, yeah. and
4: and you're down in the basement working out your ideal utopia yeah right all right and so i don't see how there's any way for example if we took a relatively healthy christian republic which i think ours was comparatively healthy in eighteen 1890s okay? mm-hmm. There's no way you could take that republic and have a shrewd biblical scholar, five hundred years prior, be able to anticipate that. It's Hmm. far more organic and natural than than that. And messy, and messy and and messy. And this is why I believe the scriptures give us principles, primarily, not methods. So so what what, Lord, what should we do? Love God. Love your neighbor. Yeah. What should right, we do? Right. Don't steal his stuff. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Tell the is, truth. Tell the truth. Uh, don't lie in court. Uh, worship. You know, <laughs> worship God. Yeah. So I, I, I don't see uh, that Paul says in Corinthians, eyes not seen, ear heard, what God has prepared for those who, who love him. And I don't think that this is talking about the eternal state. I think it's talking about the eschatological glory of the unfolding kingdom. Mm. So I, if i tried to anticipate all the questions and map it all out i i think i'd be taking too much on myself mm-hmm. all i all i want to do is stick with the principles which is jesus is lord we're not going to get anywhere unless we acknowledge that and we shouldn't apologize for any part of the bible right we yeah. you know this this is what was given to us and if someone says so you're going to enforce the first table of the law and i say yeah and they say well how 500 years, years from now. How? I'd say cheerfully. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. How,
4: right. How would I know that?
2: Yeah. But but you know that we should. I know that we is, should. Which is and, 95% of the way there. And, and I know and, that we should not do up. it.
4: I know that we should not do it the way the Spanish Inquisition
1: did. Yep. And right. We, and we have 1,500 years of Christians Attempting it in various ways, and some of them were ways we right. can look back and say, "Not like that." Right, um, yeah, but, but but there were, you know. I mean, when 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 uh, Constantine um, establishes the Sabbath mm-hmm. in the 300s, I mean, that, I mean that that, that was the first table of the law, yeah. and he began. You know, he says, "Let's let's let's keep let's have the Lord's Day." And 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 that's a that's a thoroughly Christ, that's a Christendom thing. Yeah. And all the way down to the you know there's there's still some states that actually have Sabbath laws on the books yeah. even today, yeah, right. as anemic as, as, as they may be. And not all of them
3: are horrible. Right. So then so then what's making the Baptists all squirmish? Because they're like, oh, you guys are going to be beating us and drowning us again and
2: flogging them. Yeah. Flogging uh,
3: Baptists. Yeah. Yes. I mean, because but mere Christendom seems like this is a project for Christendom, not Presbyterians.
4: Right. Um, I think Presbyterians, when um, when the Presbyterians open up this subject and dig into it, it's like going home, right? It's like oh, right, uh, right, know, right. Yeah. There's a there are a lot of treasures here. There's a lot in the archives we, yep. that we have done the work on. Uh, with Baptists, um, they don't have as much in the archives, right? Okay. Uh, now I do believe that there are um, Baptists currently working on. A Baptist approach to public theology, and I, I do believe that there are yeah. Baptists who recognize that clown world is not where I want my grandchildren to grow up. Right. Right? Right. Uh, you know, they're recognizing that. I think, and Stephen Wolfe says in his book that he, as, an, as someone who's not a Baptist, he says the Baptists absolutely have a place in this, but I'm not in a position to do the spade work right. that that they're going to have to do, and I think they're going to have to do more than Presbyterians uh, have to do because. For a large chunk of their history, they were a persecuted um, sect on the margins. Right. And not allowed anywhere near the um, centers of power. So, why was that? Um, well, part of it was just the n- numbers. Okay. Right. Uh, part of it was one of the. Um, features of the older Christendom is that your baptism, your infant baptism had a, was all tied up with your citizenship mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and right to own property, right to yeah. participate and stuff. So if someone, uh, someone baptized, uh, got rebaptized as an adult on profession, you weren't just making a doctrinal statement of your denomination. You were seceding from, <laughs> from the nation, from the itself. nation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And oh, okay. So, and so it was being treated as uh, treason or seditious, or, yeah. or so, and, and <laughs> that
3: was, is flashbacks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and so, uh, so what happened was the first nation that had a large number of Baptists mm. was the United States. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so partially
1: for, because of the the persecution, persecution, and so they, they were coming over to find a new land.
4: Cor- correct. A new home. And so, uh, and the and the Baptists after the there were some skirmishes in. 1600s and 1700s, where some of the colonies were applying the old European ways. But after the Constitution was ratified, uh, late 1700s, early 1800s, the Baptists here were very happy with the settlement. Mm. And they were very happy with the general Christian aspect of it. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Okay. And so America had a form of Christendom that worked – for mm. two hundred years, yeah, okay, it
1: was for, for Presbyterians and Baptists, so and, so as if saying Presbyterians, and, and, yeah, and yeah. Methodists. And even, even some of the Quakers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it's safe to say that Presbyterians in America have seen to make sure their Baptist brothers could live in peace here uh, and be a part of the correct. So there's really nothing to fear here.
4: I, I think that America does not have a deep tradition. Of persecuting Baptists. I think it was marginal and incidental, but Baptists on this point have long memories. Yeah. So if, and this ties in with someone asked me, where was your church before the Reformation? I would say, uh, well, where was your face before you washed it? Right, same so, place. Uh, but if you <laughs> yeah. but if you ask a Baptist, where was your church before the Reformation, he would say something like, "Hiding from you guys, mostly."
2: <laughs> 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 right. well, yeah. that's, that's too yeah. long of a memory. <laughs> yeah,
4: we're in, in caves and yeah. and woods and sort of the oh. trail of blood on the way back, mm-hmm. yeah. and that was a large part of their history and identity. I would encourage American Baptists to focus, focus on American Baptist history yeah. because uh, mm. we 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 really were hammering out a, a I think an important variation on how different denominations function in a mere Christendom. Yeah. That's the kind of Christendom I want.
1: Yeah. The other the other thing I've always I've pointed to in recent years has been uh, the book of uh, The Puritan Hope. Yeah. Um, by Ian Murray. And he does a great job. And this is a little less on the political side and more on the missions side. Um, but he does a great job um, demonstrating that Baptists and Presbyterians held actually a very similar post millennial optimistic vision. Mm. And that drove their mission, missionary work out of England. And, yeah. and, and Baptists and Presbyterians worked. Hand in hand on a bunch of missions boards to get missionaries all over the world um, in the 17 and early 1800s. Yeah, um,
3: going out of England. Pastor, you end your book on basically some hot gospel. Yes. And that's where I want to end this at, because I, part of the restoration process, we don't get here apart from it. And everything that you're alluding to is based on the reality of the gospel being in effect. So so, so say-
2: how do we force that gospel on citizens?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, Gabe. First, was that-, that was the oh, question. Oh. That was- First, yes. you,
4: you get them to open wide. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because that's the goal, right? <laughs> so
4: the, the number one uh, misapprehension about... Um, mere Christendom and Christian nationalism is that you guys are trying to seize power and force it down everybody's throats right. top, in a top-down way. So just for the record, there's absolutely no way that any of this is going to happen apart from a massive reformation and revival mm-hmm. among the people. So ba- basically, you can't take an unregenerate people who are surly and insolent mm. and who hate God— and then bring some godly ruler in and do anything lasting. What hap- what's gonna happen is Josiah is gonna come in, he's gonna institute yeah. his reforms, yeah. and then he dies, and then everything reverts. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So in order to build anything lasting, it's got you've got to have hot gospel preachers fanning out everywhere, planting churches, establishing networks, teaching, discipling. And so forth. It's not going to happen without a massive move of the spirit, which I think would make the Great Reformation of the 16th century pale in comparison.
1: Mm. Seems to me like this is one of those things where, um, and you've talked about this before, um, the, the, the the idea of um, the Black Swan uh, from yeah. uh, Nassim Taleb, yeah. where, where there's there's things where you can look at this landscape the way it is right now, this moment, and it looks like um, all you know. We're going off a cliff. Right. It's, it's clowns with chainsaws. Everything's bleak, and we're probably going to be, you know, digging out of the rubble, right. um, which is very possible. And that's what it looks like. At the same time. Um, a, a, a black swan event is one of these things that you don't you don't see coming, but then when it happens, everybody looks back yeah. and says, "Oh, look, there were all the signs that it was coming." Right. And it seems like if if with eyes of faith, there's actually quite a bit to look at to see. I mean, the fact that we're having intramural debates about Christian nationalism yeah. is, a is already kind of a, an interesting dynamic amongst like really disparate groups of presbyterians and baptists and some anglicans and lutherans even hanging on mm-hmm. and because the covid moment kind of um all of a sudden god gave this like you know inst- took the blinders took off took the blinders off and said, look yeah. look at what you're dealing with and it's this huge you know blessing where there's you know been m- massive migrations a whole bunch of churches closed down that needed to close down a whole bunch of people left really anemic churches to find churches and communities where they actually preach the gospel and they have a backbone um you've got um you've got this you know moment where it, it seems very um possible that god could do something significant we have massive homeschooling christian schooling movement um the accs you've got a bunch of online classical you know conversations and logos yeah. online and things like this um there, there's something there that looks very much like it could also be the very early turn um churnings uh, of a reformation.
4: Yes. I've, as you pointed out in the, tr- the trailer, pointed out, I've been saying a lot of these things for decades and I'm getting an audience now. Yeah. That was not possible 10 years ago, 20 years yeah. ago, 30 years ago. Right. That's one thing. So if a massive reformation hits a black Swan reformation, Immediately afterwards, 200 historians yeah. are going to be able to write books About showing how, you, how it was inevitable. Right, <laughs> right. 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 right, right. And, and, and they'll yeah. point to things that really right. was, uh, right. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. it really is inevitable. But it takes a prophet uh, or someone with prophetic, visionary eye mm-hmm. to— uh, I'll just reapply Peter Drucker here, the management yeah, yeah. guru. Yeah. He said, uh, look for the future that has already happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
4: okay. Um, and I think that we're in a position like that. I think a lot of the future I'm talking about has already happened. Yeah, that's that's good.
3: Uh, I just want to say at this point, everybody needs to go get the book, yeah, "Mere Christendom." Yeah. It's not yeah. out yet, but okay. it will be no, out in a
4: few weeks. Yeah, in a yeah. few yeah. weeks, okay. But was,
3: what you need to do in the in the, in the meantime is you need to go to the, your app store, download the Canon app. Every Christian in America needs to have this app. I don't know of a place that has more Christian building. Um, family, content, family, political theology. I don't know. I know. just, it's just probably one of the best apps out there, especially leading towards uh, yeah. mere Christendom. Yeah. I mean, if you talk about building from the ground level up, yeah. that can app is absolutely phenomenal. Everybody needs to have it. Um, and I, it's only going to be getting better too, but you can also probably get the audio book there. As yeah, well, I'm right?
4: currently reading. I'm reading it aloud for so, recording over again. and I'm about a quarter of the way through and Lord willing. And the creeks don't rise it'll be done by the time the book releases. Oh, so, can
2: people pre-order it right now? Yeah, they can. And, there's, and the, do we want them to pre-order it on Canon or Amazon? Sometimes no, i do like Amazon play there. Uh,
4: you, yeah, there's, there's a special website, ChristIsLord.com. Okay. ChristIsLord.com. Okay. And you okay. can read all the things that... Uh, are available there go okay. get the go get the
3: go book get it Dang. so if you're single get married if you're married have you some kids and if you have kids go baptize them until tomorrow love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself Amen. go fight laugh and feast this is cross-polity pastor thank you for joining us man. thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. do you smell
5: that i hope you're not used to it I'm talking about that vicious, eye-burning, skin-peeling smell that surrounds all of us. The smell of proxy wars with overtones of the parties and Hunter Biden's photos, feminism, trans madness, faux pandemic, real panic, climate tyranny, social media slavery, Epstein's suicide, fair elections with hints of brimstone charred oak, and the Pelosi's stock profits, all stewing in a Houston Planned Parenthood's dumpster in August. That is the smell of the thing we once called America, dead and composting. The post-mortem on America isn't complicated. First founded by starving pilgrims and slaves, refugees and immigrants crying out to God for deliverance, this nation was pitched like a tent by men and women struggling in the mud and the dust, who survived drought and depression, and twice left home to bleed and die and save the world. Yes. There was hypocrisy, pietism, self-righteousness, injustice, but this land became strong despite it all by God's grace and by the sacrifice of farm boys crawling up foreign beaches in the sweat of their fathers, tilling soil and feeding beef. American boys tamed the sky and walked in space. We touched the world with our Navy, our love of sports and stories, underdogs and barbecue. And now we touch it all with our rot the greatest nation in history has been laid low by one simple evil. Lies. The deadliest was the first. The lie that our greatness was our own doing. And so many more came after. The lies of secularism, moral neutrality, and self-fulfillment. Of feminism and Marxism. The lies of the sexual revolution and evolution. Pointless wars and taxation inflation and a manipulated currency. The lies that lashed out at God, tearing away at our belief in beauty, goodness, and truth. The lies that sought to place our own lusts and the lusts of our masters on God's throne. Lies to control, to placate, and to destroy. The storm of lies has reached hurricane force now. Whole states are being evacuated. The deception swirls so fast and furious that the liars don't even bother to hide it. Question, where do lies get their power? Answer, from the idiocy of the deceived. How many lies can a people believe before it's their own fault? One, two, 44,000. Lies lose all their power when the deceived become wise, when their minds are no longer easy to bridle and control, when they learn to think and can seek the truth through any fog, and when they learn to laugh at those lies the winds will reverse, the fog will clear. Do not despair. These are the times we were given. We are the people God made for this moment. The faithful and the undeceived will rebuild in the ruins and we will do it singing, feasting, loving, and laughing. We will plant again and we will harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. After all, Composting empires make the richest soil. New St. Andrews College, liberal arts for lovers of truth, laughing at lies since 1994.